Uh, in that first reading, I, I love the discussion between Abraham and our Lord. And to give it a bit of context, it's important to remember that God was rather new to Abraham. That scripture tells us Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees, which is right over by Flushing. And, uh, and uh, the Lord spoke to him for his first time when Abraham was an old man. And, and it says he told him simply, go to a place I'm going to show you. And it says Abraham set off not knowing where he's going. Uh, but it began a relationship between the two of them that was defined by Abraham's hunger to obey God. But in our reading today, they were in a town where they experienced incredible sin and evil. Sin and evil on a level uh, that we're used to, but they weren't. And God told Abraham, I'm going to destroy that town. I'm going to destroy it with fire. And then I love this line that Abraham and God literally are just walking together. And then it says Abraham drew close. And that's the conversation. Where did Randy go? There we are. That we heard today in our first reading. Where Abraham on the surface is trying to figure out if there's how many good people in that town before you don't destroy it. And on the surface, that's what he's going for. But what he's really trying to do is understand and know the heart of God. He wants to know God. And Abraham always uh, wanted to know God. Every interaction, every conversation is about him obeying God and trying to understand who is God. And for you and I, understanding the heart of our Lord would be impossible because we're not Abraham, but we have Jesus. And so we can know the heart of the Father. And he reveals it in our gospel. Right? That if I do the math right, and I'm from Montrose, so it's suspect, but Jesus has asked 74 questions in our four Gospels. 74 times Jesus has asked a question, four times he answers. All the other times, and, and moms, you know this, 74 questions. Uh, I believe for you, that's between 6 a.m. and 6.30 uh, a.m. But he answers the question they should have asked. It's what he usually does. But this is one where they ask him something and he gives a direct answer. What do they say? Teach us to pray. Okay, when you pray, say this. All right. And that's where we get the prayer we call the Our Father. And as a side note, this part isn't the homily. It's just a little challenge for us. How often do we blast through the Our Father? Right? Words directly from Jesus. How are we supposed to pray? Pray like this. And we do, we used to, when I was at my first parish, we referred to it as the rosary races. Uh, where before Mass, there was a group that very faithfully prayed the rosary, but there were times where it sounded like a bit like a Catholic auction. You know, hey, old Mary, if only raise the horns when they went there. Like, whoa, you know, easy now, easy. Mama don't need that. But we do it with our, our Father, too. And I, and I urge us to think about that. What a sacred and beautiful thing. Lord, teach us to pray. Great, say this. And that prayer reveals the heart of the Father. And I want to focus on a few things uh, because it's Luke's version of the Our Father, which is a little different than the one we say. So what does Our Father want us to ask for? Number one, daily bread. I hate it. I do. I wish 
he asked us for monthly, we could say monthly bread. I would feel so much better about that. Give us today enough bread for a month. I don't trust enough. How about you? And I know trust isn't a feeling, which is great news, by the way. But I do think it's really, really important that we renew our commitment to the abject conviction that God will always act in our best interest, even if it hurts a bit at the time. He does not intend every bad thing that happens to us. Sometimes bad things happen because the world's broken, we're broken, people around us are broken. But there's no evil you and I will encounter. There's no lack we will encounter that will confound our God or cause him to say what I say all the time. I have no idea what to do. God will never get to that point. We can trust him. And does he give us stuff? Only if we're televangelists, right? What he gives us is grace. He says it right here, right? Right at the end of that passage in the gospel where he says, why would I not give you the Holy Spirit? That when we ask for daily bread, we're asking for the grace to be holy today. And that's a struggle for me. I don't know about you, I do live in the past a lot. I live in the future a lot. It's a superpower. Okay, I'm kidding. I am often waste time in a future I've never been good at predicting. I know I shared this with you. I remember my nephew when he was way back. This was, I don't know how many years ago, I think 20 or so. And he took me to this coffee shop and I was like, this is a stupid idea. You know, you can just make coffee at home. And I was glad they listened to me and Starbucks probably never really took off. Uh, <laughs> I'm terrible at predicting the future and how much of the grace that Jesus gives me for today do I waste on a tomorrow I can't predict and might not be here for? How much of the grace that God gives me for today do I waste in a past that I can't change? One of my dearest friends is a grizzled veteran of AA, and he gave me one of the greatest lines ever. He was talking about sobriety, and he said, you know, I don't have to be sober the rest of my life. I just got to be sober today. I only got enough strength to do that. And it's when I start thinking about sobriety for the rest of my life, I fall apart. And I've thought about that so much in terms of I want to be a saint. I hope, right, our two choices are be a saint or go to hell, right? Uh, I want to be a saint. And I have the grace to be a saint today. I, I don't need it for tomorrow because I don't know if I'll get there. I don't have to be a saint the rest of my life. I need to be a saint today. Give us today our daily bread. Can we trust Jesus to do that? And can we play our part in that trust by refusing to be a slave to yesterday and refusing to keep trying to run ahead of our Lord into tomorrow? Will we live today? Where Will we be where our shoes are? The second thing there after daily bread is forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I find we're much more cognizant of those who've trespassed against us 
than we tend to be about our trespasses, hey? And Jesus commands us to forgive. And I know I say this a lot, but it's so important. Forgiveness doesn't mean your feelings change. You can't do anything about your feelings except refuse to let them make the decisions. What you and I can do is every time the memory comes of that person or institution that hurt us, say, Jesus, I forgive that person. And say it as often as you have to until you draw your last breath. You can't control how you feel about it. You can only control what you do with it. And what you and I are commanded by Jesus to do with it is to forgive. It doesn't mean we reconcile. It doesn't mean the relationship is established. You've got to protect your dignity. And if there is a person who just keeps you hurting you over and over, you get them out of your life. Life's too short to volunteer for pain. I think it can provide enough on our own, hey? The call to forgive is saying to Jesus, please don't collect that debt. I'm not gonna. We are commanded to forgive. And it's a mental battle. And our Lord gives us, I don't know, daily bread to do that. Engage the process of forgiveness. Your feelings will catch up eventually. If not here, then in heaven, whatever. But you've been faithful in the name of Jesus Christ to his command to forgive and never, ever forget Jesus' terrifying words. The measure with which you measure others, that's how I'll measure you. Oh, forgive. If we can't do it because Jesus said, do it because it's in your own spiritual self-interest. So Jesus wants us to ask for daily bread. He requires us to forgive. And what's the third thing he wants us to ask for? Protect us from evil. In a lot of ways, I think the church in America went through this painful and sad time where we got a little embarrassed about our belief in the devil. I have five straight assignments where when I arrived, the priest uh, book that tells us what to do and say on baptisms, where the priest had crossed out the exorcism prayer. And I always think if priests had kids, they would keep the exorcism prayer. You know, let's keep that one in. Let's take all the other stuff out, right? But it's a prayer. We pray at every baptism, Jesus, protect this child from the devil. Protect this child from evil. Why would we take that out? Because the devil would very much like us to. Jesus tells us, ask me to protect you from evil. Evil is real. It's personified in the devil and his minions. It's a force at work in our culture. And our human efforts will only help him. It's divine effort that defeats evil. Abraham didn't burn Sodom and Gomorrah down. He got out of the way so God could. You and I need to be faithful about asking our Heavenly Father, I'm going to hide behind you. You take care of this. I know so much happens in our society where we're like, how can this happen? And immediately, the people who want you slavishly loyal to their political agendas tell you why it happened. And this will shock you, but it's always because of the other guy. 
I'll tell you why evil happens. Because the devil's real. And he hates you. You're the, you and I are that disgusting bug that he just wants to crush. God can protect us from evil. Easily, if I may. We don't need to be afraid of evil. We need to be respectful of its power and joyfully saying to our Heavenly Father, I'm going to hide behind you. You go do that. So that's the heart of our Father. That's the heart of our Father. What is it? I want you to know me. And here's what I want you to ask me. I want you to ask me to give you everything you need to be holy today. I want you to ask me to help you forgive. And I want you to ask me to protect you from evil. You, you ask, I do. So that's our Father's heart. And may it be our heart too. May we be people who strive to help others find whatever they need for today to trust our Lord more. May we be people in the fight to forgive, waging that daily battle in our heart and in our mind. May we be people who ask our Father to protect us from the forces of darkness that are bent on dominating us. May we live joyfully, safely in the heart of our Father. Amen.